This lesson is the eighth and final lesson in a series of lessons where we discussed the importance of simcha, joy. To be happy, to be besimcha is one of the most basic principles discussed in Hasidic philosophy and one of the most basic principles in Hasidic way of life. In the previous lessons, we've discussed the importance of simcha, the importance of joy, from many different angles. And we discussed a lot the damage that atzvah, depression, or sadness can cause. However, in the last lesson, we explained that the importance of joy is not only the avoidance of depression or sadness to avoid the damage that it can cause but simcha in itself joy in its own merit is an extremely positive aspect that every Jew should strive for the ability to be able to be besimcha to be happy and last lesson we discussed the advantages of this particular trait this week we'll also talk about the advantage of simcha, of joy, how it, in its own merit, is something extremely positive, and the spiritual power that there is in simcha, in joy. And this is explained by another basic principle of Hasidic philosophy, which is the interpretation of the Baal Shem Tov on the words Da Malamaila Mimoch. These words are from the ethics of our fathers, where it says, Da, you should know, Malamaila Mimoch, what goes on above you. You should always remember that above you, in the spiritual realm, there's an eye that sees everything you do, there's an ear that hears everything you say, and there's a hand, allegorically speaking, that records everything that takes place, everything that's happening to you in your life. And that's what it means when it says, Da Remember what goes on above you in the spiritual realm. There's a deeper interpretation to this in the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov, and he explains it in the following way. Da, you should know, Ma that which goes on in the spiritual realm, Mimach, comes from you as a result of what you do. To explain this, what exactly does this mean? One of the most basic concepts that are discussed in Hasidic philosophy, and all of Hasidic philosophy is in a sense based on this concept, is the understanding of the relationship and connection between the spiritual realm and the physical realm. The Zohar states, Almetato the Alma This world, the physical world, is similar and parallel to the spiritual realm. Which means when things take place in the physical realm, it's a reflection of what is going on in the spiritual realm. So just like a mirror reflects what's going on in front of the mirror, so if you don't see anything but what's going on in the mirror, you see reflection in the mirror raising the right hand. You understand there's a person there that's lifting their right hand. 
And if you see in the reflection of the mirror someone bending, you know from that that there's a person standing in front of the mirror bending, even though you can't see the actual person. The same applies to the physical realm and the spiritual realm. The physical realm mirrors off and reflects what goes on in the spiritual realm. So when we see something happening, an event taking place here in the physical realm, this is a result of something that's going on in the spiritual realm. So even though we cannot see what's going on in the spiritual realm, but if we look at what's happening here in the physical realm, we can analyze what is taking place now in the spiritual realm. To understand this a little bit more clearly, there's a misconception here where some people think that what does this concept mean? That the spiritual realm is one realm, the physical realm is another realm, and God created them in a way that they're parallel to each other. One reflects the other. Like the mirror and the person. The mirror is one thing, has nothing to do with the person. The person is another thing, has nothing to do with the mirror. But when the person stands in front of the mirror, every move he makes will be reflected in that mirror. So somehow people compare this to the physical realm and the spiritual realm. That there's some sort of connection between them, that when something happens in the spiritual realm, there'll be a reflection in the physical realm. But the truth is, it's much deeper than that. The reason why the physical realm reflects the spiritual realm is because they're very closely connected and bound with each other. And the analogy to this would be if we would compare it to the soul and the body. In fact, it says in the Medrash, we've mentioned it previously in the lessons, that just like the soul fills the body, just like the soul is invested in the body, that is the life force that activates the body, the same way God is invested in the world. He activates the world. So from this we see that if we want to understand better the relationship and the interaction between God and the world, in different words, the spiritual realm and the physical realm, we can understand this by comparing it to the relationship and the interaction between the soul and the body, the neshama and the guf. The neshama is the soul, and the guf is the body. We see that whatever goes on internally in a person, in the neshama, in his soul, in his feelings, in his personality, is reflected in the body. So if a person is feeling very upset, you look on his, at his face and you can see a manifestation of what he's feeling. The features on his face and the way his face looks tells you that he's upset. If the person is angry, you can see anger on the face. If the person is laughing, that reflects the fact that he is happy. If the person is crying, that manifests his sadness which means that whatever a person is experiencing internally will express itself and manifest itself through the body. Why is that? Because the truth is that the soul and the body are actually one. They've united and merged together as one identity and therefore one is affected by the other. So when I look at a person and I see that the person is laughing, the laughing is a sound that I hear. I see an expression on the face. The mouth is in that particular shape. But I understand that this is just a manifestation of what he's experiencing internally.
So the same thing applies to the interaction between the spiritual realm and the physical realm. That when we see something happening in the physical realm, it's raining. This is a result of something that's going on in the spiritual realm. There's something spiritually that's taking place, and that expresses itself, and that manifests itself in the spirit, in the physical realm, through rain. When there's something else going on in the spiritual realm, that manifests itself, and that expresses itself in the fact that it's snowing, there's a wind, there's an earthquake, and so on. And not only unusual things that happen, like earthquakes, but even something which is natural, a natural event. Anything that happens in the physical realm is a result of something which is being experienced in the spiritual realm. Just like the body expresses what's going on with the neshama, with the soul. So if a person lifts his hand, is walking someplace, doing something, it's a result of what's going on internally, whether he wants to do, what he likes to do. He wants to go in this direction, he wants to pick something up, so he lifts his hand. So all the activity in the body is a result of what activity that's going on internally in his thought and in his, in his feelings. The same thing with the physical realm and the spiritual realm. However, the question is, what determines what should take place in the spiritual realm? If the things that happen in the physical realm are a result of what goes on in the spiritual realm, what is it that determines what should happen in the spiritual realm? And this is where the words of the Baal Shem Tov come in. Da, you should know. Ma lemaila, what goes on above in the spiritual realm, mimach, comes from you. You, the human being, is the one that determines what should happen in the spiritual realm. Why is that? How is that possible? So this is explained based on what it says in Chumash. In the Torah, in Genesis, it says that man was created in the image of God. Of course, it doesn't mean that God has the same physical image as man because God is infinite and he has no physical form or shape. But obviously what it does mean, the way it's explained in Hasidus and Kabbalah, it means that the features in a human being, hands, feet, eyes, nose, mouth, and all the details that constitute the human body, there's something in the spiritual realm that it corresponds to. It has its so-called counterpart in the spiritual realm. And when I move my hand and do something specific, I'm activating that spiritual aspect which is the counterpart of my hand. And when I move my feet in a certain direction, it does the same. In fact, everything I do, all my movements, and everything that's going on in my life here in the physical realm will activate something in the spiritual realm. So that means there are actually three stages. One stage is where I do something. That's the first stage. The second stage is as a result of what I did, I activated something in the spiritual realm. The third stage is as a result of what happened in the spiritual realm, there's a manifestation and a result here in the physical realm. For example, if God forbid someone is not well, somebody is ill, has a disease, so I go ahead and I do something positive. I give someone tzedakah, I give charity. And in the merit of my giving charity, this person who is not well is cured. 
which means that the process was as follows. I took my hand, and I gave charity to another person. So the fact that I did this, I activated the counterpart of that hand in the spiritual realm, which is God's attribute of chesed, of kindness. This will be explained in more details in the later lessons. But it act activates a specific aspect in the spiritual realm. When that's activated in the spiritual realm, the result of that is that something is manifested and expressed in the physical realm, the child or the person becomes well, becomes cured. In fact, the Hashem also explains something similar where it says, Hashem Tilcha, God is your shadow. Literally, and on a simple level this means, a shadow represents protection. When you think in terms of a shade, shade is protection from the heat of the sun or from a rain. What does it mean that God is my shadow? God is your shadow? So the Barshantov explains just like a shadow basically copies the person. When you move your right hand, the shadow moves the right hand. You move your left hand, the shadow moves its left hand. You go to the right, the shadow goes in that direction. The same thing with the person and Hashem. When it says in Psalms, and God, you are my shadow, it means that Hashem follows what we do, so to speak. Which means that when I do something, I'm activating that counterpart of me in the spiritual realm. And therefore, every act that I do here in the physical realm will bring results in the spiritual realm. But everything that happens in the spiritual realm will in turn bring results here in the physical realm. So this is why the Baal Shem Tov says it's extremely important to recognize that everything that happens in the spiritual, physical realm comes from the spiritual realm. It's a result of something that happened in the spiritual realm. But everything that happens in the spiritual realm is determined by our behavior, by our conduct, by our activities. Because what we do activates something in the spiritual realm which is parallel and corresponds and is the counterpart of that part of me that functions in a certain way. So if I have compassion on another person, God has compassion on me. And the same thing with all other character traits and all other activities. Similarly, it's explained in Hasidus, just to give another example, that when two people get married and they form a new family, so this activates something similar in the spiritual realm. And that is that within the spiritual realm, there are two aspects. One aspect which is called Malchus, and that's a feminine aspect within the spiritual realm. And there's another aspect which is called Zah, which is a masculine aspect in the spiritual realm. And this too will be discussed in later, in future classes in more detail. Just to talk now about the basic concept. So when a man and a woman get married to form a new family, what they're accomplishing in the spiritual realm is activating the same thing. That is a union between the masculine aspect within the spiritual realm and the feminine aspect. And this union brings a result here in the physical world which is explained in Kabbalah exactly the details of all these things. But this is the basic concept. And the same thing applies to speech. That my speech has its counterpart in the spiritual realm and the things that I say will activate 
that counterpart in the spiritual realm. So if I verbalize good things, blessings, positive things, then I create positive things and blessings in the spiritual realm as a result of what I said. And if God forbid I verbalize the opposite, I create the opposite in the spiritual realm. Then as a result of that, what evolves from what I've created in the spiritual realm, something similar in the, in the physical realm. So if I verbalize positive things and blessings, so I create that in the spiritual realm. And from that blessing and the good that I created in the spiritual realm results and evolves from it positive things and blessings in the physical realm. That's why the rabbis say, Alti birches hejit kal The blessing of an ordinary person shouldn't be so simple to you. Don't be so lighthearted about it. Which means we all know that we go to a tzaddik, a righteous person, a spiritual person, we ask for a blessing. But the truth is, every individual, when he gives a blessing, definitely it has power to it. Because when he verbalizes blessings, he's not only verbalizing in this world, in our world, it's just talk, it's just words. But in reality, it's actually creating spiritual energy and positive energy, energy which is blessing. Where is he creating this? In the spiritual realm that's parallel and corresponds to my speech. And as a result of that, when that blessing and that positiveness is created in the spiritual realm, what evolves from it is blessing and good things here in this world. And if God forbid I do the opposite, I can create the opposite in the spiritual realm. And then that negative energy could evolve from the spiritual realm and result in something negative happening here. And that's why, according to Torah, one is not allowed to, under any circumstances, express and verbalize the opposite of a blessing, a curse. And the same applies to thought. That is a counterpart in the spiritual realm to my thought. It is parallel and corresponds to my thought. And whatever goes on in my thought, here in this physical world, is just thought. It's absolutely nothing. But this thought creates Something similar in the spiritual realm, which is the counterpart of my thought. There was once a chassid whose son was very ill. And it came to the point where the doctor said that there's actually no hope and the child will not live. It's just a matter of hours. The chassid was devastated and he quickly ran to the city of Lubavitch where the Rebbe then was the Rebbe Rashab. That's the previous Rebbe's father, the fifth Rebbe of Chabad. And he ran to him for a blessing. He came into the Rebbe's room and he broke down crying. And finally he was able to tell the Rebbe why he's crying, that his son is ill and the doctors basically gave up hope. And the Rebbe said to him, Tracht gut, bet sein gut, in Yiddish. Which means, think good and it'll be good. Why are you thinking in a negative way? The Chassid walked out of the Rebbe's room, gathered himself together, and he put himself in a state of mind of believing with firm belief and confidence that God is going to help him and his son will be well. And that's the way he saw it. And when he came home, he was told that there was a sudden change in the child, the doctors can't explain it,
And he found out that the time that the change took place in the child was exactly the time that he was by the Rebbe. Which we see from this, that it's not only important to think good, so you should be in high spirits, you should be able to function better, but the thinking good, that itself is instrumental that it should be good. How is it? Because when a person has in his thought good things and positive things, and that's the way he sees it, so in his thought, it's actually nothing. It's just thought. But on the spiritual realm, he's actually creating this good and positive situation in the spiritual realm. Because there's a counterpart to his thought in the spiritual realm. And there it's an actual reality. And once there's a reality of goodness in the spiritual realm, in the level of thought, then from this evolves and can result the good here in the physical realm. And that's what happened. He in his mind envisioned good. This created a reality of goodness and blessing in the spiritual realm. And then that resulted in his child becoming well. So this is the phrase, trach gut, that dein gut, means to say that if you see good in your mind, then the positive will come. But if God forbid, if a person sees and envisions negative, then the opposite could result. So this is really the basis and the Hasidic explanation to one of the most fundamental principles of Judaism, and that is bitochen. Bitochen means that I have confidence and, and I trust in God that He's going to help me. And in essence, one can ask, why must that be? I mean, I definitely trust and I believe that God can help me. He's capable of doing anything He actually wants. But what is the importance and how does this come in that I have to trust and have confidence that He will actually help me? And according to this, we understand that the confidence and, and trust in God that He will help me, that itself is instrumental in activating God's blessing that it should actually be helped. And the lack of confidence, which means the person sees and pictures in his mind the opposite kind of a picture, that itself is God's a bit instrumental that the blessing does not take place. So that's why it's important for a person not only to recognize the fact that God is capable of helping, and God is capable of changing the situation, whether it's nature that has to be used, or even something supernatural. God can do everything and anything. Not only does he believe that God is able to do everything, but he actually has bitochen, he trusts, and he has confidence, and in his mind he sees it that God will help me. And that itself is instrumental in God's help coming. As we said before, God is my shadow. So here we come to the importance of simcha. That when a person is happy, and he's bisimcha, and he sees things in a positive way, this itself is instrumental in creating simcha in the spiritual realm. Because the spiritual realm is a result of what goes on here. Da, malamayla, mimach. What goes on above comes from you, from me. So therefore, by me being besimcha, by me being happy, I'm creating joy and happiness in the spiritual realm. When I create joy and happiness in the spiritual realm, what results from it? What evolves from it? Positive things and blessings and good things and joy in this world. So one of the ways to activate joy in the spiritual realm and bring joy to this world, to myself and to my family and to people around me, is by me being besimcha. That itself activates joy in the spiritual realm. And the result of that is that it brings joy to people here down in the physical world. 
And as we explained in the previous lesson, joy has in it a tremendous quality. Simcha parades gather. When a person is happy, happiness has in it the nature that it breaks through all boundaries, breaks through all barriers. When a person is happy, he can go beyond his limitations. Everyone has limitations, weaknesses, and certain things which they just can't get themselves to do. But when a person is happy, he's above it all. He can forgive his worst enemy. He can do things that ordinarily he doesn't have the strength to do. He goes beyond his limitations because this joy generates such energy that breaks and penetrates through and shatters every single barrier that stands in the way. So when a person creates joy in the spiritual realm, the same thing happens. And in the spiritual realm, there are also limitations and barriers. Of course, there are no real limitations and barriers that stand in the way of God. God is not limited. But these are limitations and barriers that God himself chose to establish. What are these limitations? What are these barriers? These are the rules and principles of nature through which God controls this world. In other words, God himself chose to establish these rules and these limitations of nature, the pattern which we call nature. And then there are certain things that can happen only in these circumstances, other things that will happen in only in those circumstances. If a person does the right things, he gets reward. If he does other things, the opposite, he gets punishment. These are the rules and regulations which are the so-called limitations that God chose to establish in the spiritual realm. So when one creates joy in the spiritual realm, and God himself is, so to speak, besimcha, is happy, then God transcends his limitations. And that means that God will give his blessing, and positive things will happen even under the circumstances that normally and naturally don't call for these kind of blessings. So if God forbid there's a situation where something isn't going right. And perhaps this is the way it's supposed to happen because of the rules and regulations that God established in the way he runs the world. But by creating simcha, you cause God to go beyond those limitations too. So this is the basic concept of the power of joy, the power of simcha. Now once you realize and you understand the relationship and the connection between the spiritual realm and the physical realm, and we realize that whatever goes on in the physical realm immediately affects and accomplishes the same thing, happens on the spiritual realm, realizes what joy in this realm will accomplish in the spiritual realm, and how once there's joy in the spiritual realm, how this will bring blessing and positive things to a person here in this physical world.